to the Jesus Freedom Podcast. I am your host, Jamie Roundtree. Thank you for listening to the Jesus Freedom Podcast. This is part two of reasons why people fall away from the faith or they backslide or just go cold in the Lord. In the first part, I provided three reasons why people fall away. In this part two, I will provide four more reasons why people fall away. Let's just go ahead and get into the reasons. Reason number four, the stupidity and ignorance of so many Christians. Let me give you an example. Healing. Now, my perspective is when I look at the scriptures, first of all, one-third of Jesus's ministry or the examples that we see in the Gospels of what Jesus did was healing. And there are many promises in the Bible in regards to healing. My perspective is this. We should pray and we should believe for healing. We should pray in faith with confidence. But we can also add to that I can pray with understanding. The truth is, the reality is, God still heals people today because He is alive. At the same time, sometimes people don't get healed, or they don't get healed on their timetable, or they don't get healed on the pathway they wished. Normally, they wished for God to heal them either miraculously or instantaneously, or at least they don't have to go to a doctor. My wife, for quite a few years, had some issues with her throat in regards to her tonsils. So when I married her, after about a year, I had insurance and I had money, cash, to pay for her surgery. Now, one of her family members who loves God very much and is a person of faith, continued to kind of encourage us to just believe God for healing. Do not get surgery. Well, after being married to her for a year and praying and not seeing any, you know, God move and heal her, I suggested, let's go get, let's go see a doctor. We found a doctor who had a great reputation, had a great success rate and getting your tonsils out in the U.S. is not really a big deal. I mean, there's just, you know, probably a 1% or less chance something really bad would go on. So she got her tonsils out by the means of medical intervention through a doctor. Now, my perspective is this. God healed her. Did he heal her by his power or, you know, instantaneously or even progressively or miraculously? No, but God did provide another pathway to solve the problem. Now, I understand, yes, we should believe God with confidence for, for, you know, for healing. But if, you know, depending on the need, depending on whether what's happening is either tolerable or if it's urgent, uh, I, I have no problem going to a doctor. And what really kind of annoys me, and I think what Frank Viola is trying to say in this article about the stupidity and ignorance of Christians is sometimes Christians will try to, you know, in some sense, pretend 
like they're healed. You know, they'll say, that's not what they will say. They'll say, you need to believe you're healed. Then you will experience the manifestation of healing. In, in the Gospels, though, you don't see one example of this. You don't ever say hear Jesus or any of the apostles saying, well, you just need to believe you're healed, and then you'll be, you know, you'll experience the manifestation. This never happens, not once. And we should never tell anybody that. It's it's ridiculous. I mean, God created the world with his words. He has no problem healing anybody. Either you're going to be healed or you're not. It's either either not or at some point. It's not a, a complicated issue, in my opinion. So let's pray for God to heal, but let's not be afraid to have understanding and use common sense. Many people, though, have either, you know, just went cold on the Lord, backslide, or fallen away altogether from their faith because someone instructed them to to believe this way. In other words, to if they will pretend like they're healed, then they will begin to experience the manifestation of healing. Obviously, they don't say pretend. I am using that word because that is the truth. That is what is going on. It is bad instructions. Now, I would say this, though. Should a person be persistent and persevering in their faith? I think Jesus teaches that. So if someone's believing for healing, it is totally okay to believe and continue to believe for God to heal you, even though you don't see a manifestation and you don't have to commit intellectual suicide and say, well, I'm healed. I just haven't experienced a manifestation. You can say, I'm believing for healing, but it hasn't shown up yet. When non-believers see this type of thing, and, and usually they see it on some type of televangelist program, unfortunately, uh, but when they when they experience this or see this, this is usually uh, a major turnoff because it just doesn't make make any sense. Also, though, just for the believers, when they don't get the healing that they thought they were promised, this really just you know it causes disappointment. And then, if they cannot reconcile this within their heart, this this can cause them to begin the process of falling away. One other thing, just in regards to this particular reason, is I think what he is saying is many times Christians are gullible. In other words, they kind of believe almost anything, you know, maybe another Christian says. This could be a Christian leader, Christian influencer, a certain Christian in the media. Sometimes we, you know, because we see people in the media, especially in the world, who really we can't trust— we may automatically assume just because they're a Christian or a Christian organization or a leader, well, they did their due diligence and research, and they searched out everything, and they presented something that was true when sometimes that is not the case. Sometimes people present things without doing that, and sometimes they do that because they have an agenda. Sometimes they do it because they're sincere and they're just mistaken. What is the answer? Well, the answer is for us to be both loving and smart. The scripture says this. Paul told Timothy, he said, Do your best to present, your, present yourself to God as one approved, 
a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. says in the Proverbs, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it is the glory of kings to search out a matter. The answer is to search out the matter. Seek wisdom. Seek understanding. Reason number five, failure to live up to the gospel of legalism. So in my own personal experience, I really have not been in an environment that has been very legalistic. I have been fortunate that, you know, the the churches that I was exposed to and the churches that I grew up in and, and eventually chose to go to were more balanced in the love of God the grace of God, the mercy of God, but also with a call to live holy and to live to live righteous. But what exactly is legalism? Well, let me tell you this story. It is fictional. It is, I made this story up. Let's say you were traveling on a long journey and you end up running out of food. So as you were traveling, you ended up going almost a couple of days without eating, and then you come across a small kind of rickety town. And But you noticed there was a Chick-fil-A. So knowing the reputation of Chick-fil-A and how good they are, uh, you called the manager because it was Sunday and they were closed. But you called him and said, listen, I know it's Sunday. I've been traveling. I ran out of food. I have some money. Can you help me out? And let's just say he, the manager, answered you harshly. He said, you know, it's Sunday. We don't open. You said, okay, well, that, that's fine. Do you know anywhere else I can get food in this, in this little small town? And he said, no, it's Sunday. Nothing is open. And he hung up. Well, first of all, I doubt that would happen. There's a 99% chance that would ever happen because most Chick-fil-A managers, once they heard that you had been hungry for a couple of days, would probably come down there and they'd probably even give you some food. Jesus said that the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people, not people to meet the requirements of Sabbath. And see, the point is that the rules or the laws are so supposed to help us to love and to help us treat each other better. So when the rules come in and we use them to treat other people badly, that would be one example of legalism. Also, legalism is seeking to earn God's love. We cannot earn God's love. God's love is a free gift to us. The gift of eternal life is a free gift to us, given to us by the grace of God. God demonstrated His love for us while we were yet still sinners. So, in other words, before we even thought, one thought ever came into our mind that would love God. He loved us first, and He gave His Son as a sacrifice for our sins. So when we come to the Lord, we're born again, and we begin to we start this relationship, and we begin to seek Him because we want to know Him, and we want to be close 
to him. He, he loves us through the journey. He loves us through our imperfections. But what happens is in some circles and certain groups and movements, they end up having these really kind of over-the-top expectations for people to be accepted or to be considered like you're almost a real follower of Jesus. Not only do you have to obey the Ten Commandments, you have to do all these other things. You know, you may they may want you to fast for 40 days and to pray a certain amount of hours a day. And certainly people can sometimes do these things over a short period of time, but these they can't do it over a long period of time and they can't keep up and they never actually feel like accepted and they never feel like they're they're good enough in their relationship and see well we have to understand that there's a difference between earning and effort we cannot earn god's love but there is effort this is what james means when he says faith without works is dead there is action involved but we do the actions out of this place that we already know that God loves us. Number six, they loved the world more than they loved Christ. In my own personal experience with this one, when I first came to the Lord, or in the early years anyway, I kind of just understood that if I was going to follow Jesus, I needed to kind of give up the world and the pleasures that the world offers. Now, because I was also young, I also had not maybe experienced some of those pleasures either. Now, this doesn't mean, you know, as a believer, I've never been tempted or not ever did anything stupid. Uh, that is, I have done that. But I I just I repented, I confessed my sins, and I, I went back to the Lord. About 20 years ago, when I was had recently finished up theological school, I had a friend and a buddy that I used to preach with sometime, and he was actually a really good preacher. He had a lot of charisma, uh, but he had a kind of a rough background, and he had a number of problems. He had some issues that he ran into with drugs, but he ended up he ended up leaving the faith. And as far as I know, he is you know last I talked to someone, he had never came back to the Lord. The reason he ultimately fell away, or in the very end, is because he fell into sexual immorality with a girl. So I found this out, and then the day came that I, I met the girl. And you just got to understand, this was, you know, 20 years ago. I was in my younger, you know, mid-20s, and I, I met the girl that he fell into sin with. And my first thoughts were, she's not even hot can't believe this. I'm not trying to sound mean when I say she's not hot or attractive. I just mean that she she really wasn't that. And, he, you know, someone might say, well, maybe he thought that, but I don't think so. I think she was just willing to sleep with him. And that, that really surprised me that he how how low his expectations were and how easily he went away from the Lord. A scripture that has encouraged me when I kind of had this internal battle, I always went to this scripture, and it's in Hebrews chapter 11, and it says this. It says, By faith that Moses, when he grew up, 
refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking ahead to his reward. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who was invisible. Because Moses was the adopted son of Pharaoh's daughter, he had unlimited access to power, to money, and to sex. But instead, he chose to leave those things and to be a backwoods wilderness shepherd. His example, though, points us to another man that's even greater, and this is what the Bible says about Jesus. It says, even though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross, therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that the name of Jesus everyone should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus was and is the most powerful and wealthy man in the world and in the universe. He gave that up for us. Reason number seven, the cares of this life choked the spiritual life out of them. Jesus mentions this in the parable of the sower on how that the thorns can choke out the life of the seed because of the cares of this world and the attraction of wealth. I can definitely relate to this reason because I thought if I was just a good Christian, I did the right things, and I worked hard, that I had this expectation that God would give me the American dream. But instead, I experienced setbacks, difficulties, and hard times. I felt disappointed. I felt disillusioned and confused. In the U.S., sometimes the gospel can be mixed up or added to the American dream. There are teachers that teach a kind of a perverted view of prosperity and that if you have real faith and if you please God, God will give you wealth. This is how I overcame this. First, I came to this place where I just felt really broken and jaded and confused. And I just stopped trusting what the leaders and teachers told me because I began to see some, you know, some inaccuracies and some things just not lining up. So I said to myself, I'm going to stop listening to these people and I'm just going to read the Bible for a while. 
I know it sounds almost kind of cliche, but it actually took a little while because I had to kind of uh, detoxify some of the bad ideas that had been taught and I had to kind of refilter them. I decided I would become a Psalms 1 man. What does that mean? It means I decided I would be a man that would meditate day and night on the scriptures. I would spend time in prayer. I would spend time in worship. And then I would find and I would learn from humble, healthy leaders. I realized, though, in regards to the different challenges, though, that I went through in my life that caused me the disappointments, that these things happen because God loved me, because God disciplines those He loves. So sometimes the challenges in our life are actually proof that God loves us. It's time to start wrapping up part two for reasons people fall away from the faith. I realize as I have went through these seven reasons, I could have actually expanded and explored them uh, more and more. So I'm going to just leave it open to some point in the future that is unknown. I might come back to them. But let me encourage you and let me tell you what I know for sure, 100%, what is God's plan for your life. In John chapter 17, Jesus prayed that we would know the same love that he and the Father knew and shared, and that we would be filled with that love. We would see the glory of Jesus, that we would be one with him, and as his followers, we would also be one. This love is supernatural love. The only way we can overcome these reasons for not falling away, backsliding, or growing a cold heart is the supernatural love of God. The supernatural love of Jesus is stronger than death. It is stronger than the grave. It burns like a blazing fire, like a mighty flame. Many waters cannot quench his love. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Jesus Freedom Podcast. This concludes part two for reasons that people fall away. I would love to hear from you. You can reach me at jamieroundtree at gmail.com. That's J-A-M-I-E-R-O-U-N-D-T-R-E-E. Once again, thank you for listening, and I hope you have a great day. 